that talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Stephen Means, Nathan Baird, Andrew Gillis, and it's safety day. On Tuesday afternoon, we got a chance to talk with Perry Adiano, the safeties coach, along with, I think, four of the safeties, if I'm counting correctly, Lathan Ransom, Jihad Carter, Sonny Styles, and Cameron Martinez. And Nathan, <laughs> Perry Adiano is probably one of the more enthusiastic personalities on the coaching staff, but it felt like when we got a chance to talk to him today, we talked to him for like five, ten minutes, he was doing everything he could possibly to not tell us anything other than trying to keep it simple with how he talked about the safeties. And even then, he let some stuff slip. What did we learn about the safety group after getting a chance to see them practice on Thursday and then finally talking with the safeties on Tuesday afternoon? Yeah, I know. I don't think it's really his responsibility to to tell us exactly what they're going to do, obviously. And, you know, he didn't want to get bogged down into starters and everything five days in. I understand that. That's obviously more our job than his to try to scrutinize that and 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 ahead of September second anyway, or ahead of you know their final preparation for the season opener. So I think it's more instructive how he talks about guys and which guys he is talking enthusiastically about, and or or maybe when he can explain why guys are doing certain things. You know, why does Sonny Styles make more sense at nickel? Why does Jihad Carter make more sense at adjuster? What did they find out through that process? You know, um, him talking about this concept of looking for six guys plus one, which in reality doesn't really whittle things down all that much when you stop and think about it. And, and considering that we also think that at the end of the day, they want their best three guys to play the most. So I tried to take away more individual reflections on guys more so than to get him to tell us uh, either confirm or disconfirm what we saw with our own eyes on Thursday and what we may see again on Friday. They, uh, Andrew, uh, we'll say, let's save the Sunny Styles discussion because I think that's where all this is going to converge at anyway and what makes everything else possible. Talking with it, with Perry Eliano, talking with the safeties, what are some things that maybe stood out to you? to you today and what things the people were saying about what year two in the system looks like. Yeah. You know, I think it's just that, you know, I was, I was there for, for Cam Martinez and for, for Lathan Ransom and, and to the thing that you heard a lot from them, there were obviously the cliches, right? You know, Nathan brought up the fact that, Oh, they're, they're looking for six plus one, you know, they're looking for a, a, a hefty group of guys to, to be able to play. And, you know, you hear the you hear the same old. Ah, this is going to increase competition. This is going to you know we this is the deepest room we've ever had. You, you hear a lot of those cliches, and I think that they're notable, but they're not exactly like newsworthy. You know, they're not exactly something to take note of. The the thing that I do think that both guys Martinez and Rantha Martinez and Ransom brought up was this is year two now in a system. That is, and it's, that is a totally different change from what they've had. You know, this is the first time that they've gone into a season where everything isn't new, that they've been able to kind of go through this before. They don't have a new coach. They don't have a new coordinator. They don't have a new scheme to learn. They don't have a new this, new that. That matters. I think a lot, I think a lot, especially for college kids when, you know, you 
yeah, I mean, we, we were talking about these guys, uh, I think a little bit off camera right before, um, you know, right before we did, we did our stand up video today. Like these are guys who showed up in the COVID year, like some of these kids, like th- that's a difficult year to start. And then ever since then, you've been dealing with change. Everything's different. Everything's moving. There's not a lot of stability there. Now, you know, um, you know, you heard this a lot with um, with Ransom today. You know, one of the things that he was talking about was now he knows what the mic is doing. Now he knows what the will is doing. He has a better understanding of, you know, kind of where guys should be, not just at his position or kind of at the safety position, but across the field. And that matters. I think that 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 truly is significant when you have an understanding, not just what, you know, not just what you're supposed to do, not just what, you know, the DBs are supposed to do, but when you have a goal of what, what is supposed to be accomplished on a particular play and you're able to see the big picture of what is trying to be gained by that specific call, that specific blitz package, that specific, whatever, that matters a lot, especially for, I mean, how many times today did you hear the phrase safety driven defense? Like, especially for a defense like this, that matters a lot. So I, I, I think some of what you can hear from, from some of these guys, you know, deep competition, blah, blah, blah. I think some of that can be lip service a little bit. Them saying that they feel more comfortable than they have. And, you know, this being a really big deal, kind of being in the same system with the same scheme and the same coordinator that matters to me. I think that that's a big deal. So do we think this is going to be a better group this year? You're talking about second year Lathan Ransom, who well. Fourth year Lathan Ransom, second year full time starter after he took over the job from Josh Proctor, literally a play into the season last year. And a guy who he, I mean, physically you can see he is a lot bigger than he was a year ago, but he made it a point to point out his legs are just as stronger because he's not, well, walking into a fall camp with a broken leg that he's trying to rehab from. Uh, Bringing in Jihad Carter from Syracuse, who said he's had experience playing all three of these safety spots where he's been at in the past. What Sonny Styles may be able to bring to the table. On paper, at least, does this look like, Nathan, a safety? If this is the starting trio, I know what Perry Eliano said, but I think we can all read a little bit of tea leaves here. And if we see the same thing on Friday when we watch practice, that those three are the first three to take the field, you can probably start to put one plus one together and it'll equal two. Do we think that that trio has the potential to be better than what we saw last year with Lace and Ransom taking the spot on during the Notre Dame game, along with uh, um, Ronnie Hickman as your adjuster with Tanner McAllister as your nickel? I think certainly by the end of the season, that's in play for this to be a better group. I don't know if it'll be better on day one. Uh, although on day one last season, the guy that they had starting uh, at adjuster got taken out after one play. So maybe it could be better than it was from day one last year. I don't know. And I'm not trying to, to knock Josh Proctor. That's just what happened out there. I think the process here, when you go back to the spring and we looked around that secondary and we just saw an abundance of options at safety and a, an abundance of guys that we thought had relatively high upside on the short term. We didn't know yet if that meant Jahad Carter and He, I think, is a pretty important piece here because coming in from Syracuse, it's an it's an all right program. They they've done okay. They've been like a bowlish team, and uh, maybe even sub bowlish in some ways. That's just why he why why he traded up. But what I'm getting at here is when when guys come through and are then when you when you have a group of guys and then people are then assigned starting spots and you haven't seen them do it yet, you have to kind of rely a bit on how just 
how much of a gauntlet you think that was? How much of a proving ground do you think there really was? And I feel like in this secondary group, there was at least a little bit of one that if you emerged as the starting adjuster, for instance, if that's where Carter ends up being, then that means that you held off any thought of moving Lathan Ransom over there because that was obviously on the table of things they could do. Although I think it makes a lot of sense to keep him at Bandit where he is. I think he's a better fit at, at strong safety. But that was an opportunity that was on the table. You had Josh Proctor, who was doing that well at the start of the 2021 season, a different defense, but playing more of a free safety role and is a very experienced guy back there. So you you overtake him. You hold off any thought of, of Sonny Styles being back there. And now you start talking about people like Kai Stokes, who looked really good and were probably on a path to maybe a second year opportunity. So the fact that out of this bigger cluster of guys, they've ended up with Jahad Carter and then Sonny Styles already potentially at the nickel. I think that adds some credence to, to the decisions that they're making that it doesn't seem like I, I think back to 2020 where they had to replace some important people in that secondary. And it almost seemed like it happened by default like we, it didn't make any sense to us at the time, some of the things that they were doing back there. And it, it, I think in the long run, that was borne out that, that some of those questions, some of those decisions were questionable and didn't seem like based in the, in the fundamentals that they talked about. Now, I think that might be the opposite of what's happening. I feel like there already has been a little bit of a process for them to arrive at what they're trending at now, which is letting Carter, who's a, an experienced guy, that he makes the most sense installing in a position like that and letting him see if he could be kind of the backbone, the, the brains at the back of this thing. Let Lathan Ransom cook the way that Ransom has shown he can cook and be a playmaker. And then let Sonny Styles grow into this versatile, influence the game in a bunch of ways spot at the nickel, which I think is, is a much more exciting player than they could have put there last season. And is more exciting there than any of the other options that we've talked about them having at nickel. The more we think about that trio potentially being the starters, the more it takes it back to what Jim Knowles said about how he loves the flexibility, even if he doesn't want to push it, right? You don't want to throw a million th different things at guys and instead you want them to be able to master one job. And Nathan, you actually texted this out to his texters because Perry Eliano basically said the old, the the polar opposite. Now he was talking about Sonny Styles, but I think this can apply to the entire room when he got asked about how much do you balance, you know, maximizing everything that Sonny Styles can be while also not throwing too much at a kid who technically is supposed to be a freshman in high school. And the answer was, there's nothing difficult at, at all. We know exactly what we want to do with him. We've created a great plan for him. We've thought it through and we're excited about what, what it's going to look like. And we'll, we'll get in more to what the Sonny Styles like, thing can mean after the break. But I think this trio, there's almost endless possibilities in terms of how you want to use this group because if Sonny Styles can cover people that's why he's playing nickel but also Lathan Ransom has experience playing nickel that's what he was playing in 2020 we he was a the backup bandit up until he stole Josh Proctor's job last year I mean not bandit but backup adjuster up until he stole Josh Proctor's job last year we thought he was going to be the adjuster this year before we walked in the spring and saw he was playing bandit Jahad Carter started out as a nickel here before they realized oh maybe he's better as one of the two high safeties and now he's playing adjuster but he said he's played all three of these positions so 
maybe it's not there on day one, but there is some element to these three being your starters to where anybody could be at any specific spot. And when you're talking about a, a group that is in year two in the system, especially for Lathan Ransom and Sonny Styles, while Jihad Carter is a veteran who's probably in like year four of playing in a four two five system, maybe more of that is on the table because you don't have to be so as um, Perry Eliano put last year was year one. You're just trying to get people to learn their job. Now you can take it that step further where guys know their job, but they also know other jobs and they can, you know, maybe you can mix and match a little bit more. So maybe that goes into why these three, one, they're probably just your best three, but also from a versatility and a flexibility standpoint, they give you an opportunity to do some things that you didn't necessarily have at your disposal a year ago. The the question that I would have though is what's the limit to that? Do you guys think like what like what's the limit to experimentation versus maximizing the trio that you have at those positions? Because obviously we've talked. About, I mean, like again, I don't want to get too much into Sonny because we're going to talk about him later. But like you know, we, we talk about him being a versatile player in the secondary, right? We talk about the guys you know learning the scheme and playing. And, and play more freely, play more comfortably in year two of a system. But like, what do you guys think is the, the limit here for experimentation versus wanting to, you know, wanting to keep these guys in their same roles? I understand that there's not a play count that I'm asking you guys for or a number or anything like that. I just, I'm curious what you guys think, because we've been talking about this a lot, but I also think that there's a line between, hey, look, we can, we can do a bunch of different things. We can have some contingency plans. If somebody goes down, then we can bump some people over. We can do this. But you also want to keep guys in the position. You want to keep this trio together, yeah? Well, before we talk about what we think, let's ask Jim Knowles what he thinks. Because Jim Knowles was asked about this last week, defensive coordinator mm-hmm. Jim Knowles for the Ohio State football team. And this was his answer to that. He said, I love flexibility, but at the same, at the same time, you don't want to cheat the player. So there's a real balance to that. I love that to have that. I love to have that flexibility. But the more reps guys get at a certain position, performing those fundamentals, the better he's going to be. So right now, I'm leaning more towards you know get him set, get him in place, let them know, get the fundamentals for that position. Sorry, some of that was a little choppy because I took it right out of Otter, which isn't always uh, a perfect transcription. But that's Jim Knowles, and and I know that Perry Eliano today wasn't quite going there, but some of that is. Um, maybe above his pay grade. That's more for Jim Knowles, maybe at the end of the day, to say how he, you know, the, what that philosophy is for the entire defense. And he was speaking in that case. I can't remember if it was a question ex- precisely about Sonny Styles, but it was definitely a question about the secondary usage in general because he had talked in the spring about maybe loosening things up and being more versatile back there. Mm-hmm. I'm still skeptical of that. I think that you're still going to see because just look at last year. You know, that wasn't – I mean, they didn't play an abundance of packages. They didn't play uh, – I think, you know, once in a while they would throw a dimish thing out there that maybe involved Cam Martinez. But really there weren't that many op- situations where they were, you know, playing a rotation at any of those three positions. Obviously one of the exceptions was Cam Martinez rotating in at nickel against Michigan, and that had – adverse results and I that it's small sample size there obviously but I still think that I am when I imagine what this defense will look like in the once we get through these next four weeks I still think you're going to see something that's a lot like last season in terms of usage where they have a starting nickel who is plays the bulk of the snaps you know, vast bulk of the snaps against the other team's number ones same with 
Lathan Ransom rarely leaves a field. And then the other, the one that I'm still just a little bit up near with, with is Carter, but it still, it seems like with his background, his versatility, the fact that he played a lot of different things at Syracuse makes him a guy that you can keep him on the field in a lot of different scenarios too. I would, the way this is trending, I would expect them to, to play much like Hickman, Ransom, and Tanner McAllister did last season. I understand that, and I think I 50% agree with that. I think it – what can your guys handle, right? That's uh, – in, in more ways than one, that's what a lot of uh, – especially in college football, that's what a lot of coaches say. They don't, they don't want to give them more than what they can handle. And if they're in year two and they understand – last year they probably could only handle step one because they're learning a new system, and a lot of them are playing for the first time, really. Sonny's not even supposed to be here. If they've if they spent the year mastering step one and you can get the step two, I'm wondering what that step two looks like. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody away from the the tables. It's maybe they can be a little bit more situational. Now I'm not saying it's going to go from zero. They barely played any packages unless offense forced them to like the dime package because teams are putting four wide receivers or the three linebackers because you're playing against twelve personnel and whatnot. But maybe you have more situations now that. This is your starting three, but it's not the only three that gets 95.999% of the meaningful snaps because you have more people who know what they're doing within certain jobs. So I do think there's just an opening to do more because what they could handle last August compared to this August is night and day just because guys have been in the system a little bit longer. I think that's definitely true, but I also think that at the end of the day, it just comes down to also being able to play who's ready to play at the Mm. highest level. It's not even so much. What can you put on their plate? And we saw last year, you know, one of the most ruthless moments of the season, frankly, was one play into the year, you know, Josh Proctor missed a tackle. It wasn't even, he was like really out of position. He just whiffed the tackle. Mm. It was costly. It cost them points, but one play bang. Lathan Ransom's in. Lathan Ransom, who wasn't even really a participant most of the spring, all the spring, because he had broken his leg in the Rose Bowl the year before, and was, you would think, behind relative to some of those other guys, and although we well documented how, how, how much that wasn't true last year. And now he's on the field two plays into the season. And that, I think, maybe set a tone of accountability and, and of what the standard has to be in that secondary and obviously, they didn't live up to it uh, 100% of the snaps of, of all 13 games last year. But again, I think that same philosophy applies this year. And I don't think they're going to monkey around with it too much. I think you're probably going to see, again, uh, I don't know that you're going to see a lot of specialization. I would expect this to be a, a safety-driven defense that's driven by the same three drivers, for the most part. Uh, yeah, that was... I think that was the moment we all had kind of been waiting for to see if somebody would do that and just instead of just allowing the older guy to stay out there. How much do you think was that schedule driven though? That's a top five matchup. You probably do have a shorter leash in a top five primetime matchup than you do at Indy and what these first three games are going to bring to the table where, I don't know, I'm not saying you got room to experiment and go crazy with it, but if – Jahad Carter has a similar moment against Indiana. Are you going to pull him immediately? Well, but I think what we have to remember is these decisions, while they're triggered by something we see in a game, 
they're predicated by hundreds and hundreds of reps that we don't see. And I think that was at play in that particular exchange that we're talking about between Proctor and Ransom. I think that was a situation of the, the, the fundamentals that maybe led to that mistake were being corrected in real time by putting Ransom into the game. And so I think it, 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 that's a hard question to answer just because I think it depends on the way that the coaching staff is thinking about a particular player when that play happens in the game. One more person I want to touch on before we go into the break here. And Nathan, you spent a decent amount of time asking Perry Eliano about this guy and he flashed in the spring, lost his black stripe in the spring and talking about people who look bigger than they did with the first time we ever saw them. Malik Harford, one of the only act, he might be the only freshman on defense that we've had realistic conversations about whether on the record or off the record with people just because of the way he's flashed. What did Perry have to say about Malik Harford? The first thing I asked him about was the physical growth. I mean, I think he was, he's listed in like the one sixties or one seventies as a prospect. Yeah. I think he's up in the one nineties ish now. Um, there's obviously just been a, a massive growth there. I'm trying to remember the exact phrase that Perry Leano said, like, you know, nothing short of amazing, something like that. Um, so, I mean, they've clearly seen him, that's important. Like it's it's important that he did those things to help himself from a physical standpoint, but it also shows a, a certain amount of dedication, shows a certain amount of physical ability that coaches are going to recognize. But I think what he's been trying to get across, what Jim Knowles is trying to get across when you ask them questions about Malik Hartford is that this isn't really a surprise that you know a, a guy out of Lakota West that they knew really well, that they had seen him the ability to do a lot of these things on film when in person, when scouting him already. So some of it may be happening a little faster than they expected, but that he's doing it at all isn't a surprise. This is the kind of player that they thought that they were getting. And he obviously, for people who you know listened last week, you know, he had one of the big moments of the first day of camp when he got a pick six off of Devin Brown. And that sort of ability to read and process and close on the ball and have those hands. I mean, those are things that uh, this defense hasn't maybe consistently had. They've been looking for more of those guys, more playmakers in the, in the back end of this defense. And I don't know what his role will be this year. Cause again, I think those top three might be pretty secure, but you know, Perry is talking this, you know, we need six plus one, to feel like you've got a, a secondary going into games. And that's obviously a pretty broad range of guys when you start getting all the way down to your seventh guy. But true freshman being in the mix for a two-deep spot, I, I think that's on the table for Malik Hartford. And again, always these sorts of things are important to hear now and to file away for December. Maybe somebody's banged up and who gets an opportunity there. And certainly to start filing away for a year from now when, you know, Lathan Ransom is probably gone. Uh, I don't remember where Jahad Carter would be at that stage in terms of eligibility, but he he certainly would have the option, I think, to move on after this year if things go really, really well for him. So you don't know what this secondary is going to look like. You don't know what opportunities are going to be there as early as this season and certainly by next year. And you start filing away those things that you hear and see for when they start to become more of a reality a year from now. 
that safety spot's going to get really interesting in 24 because there's a couple of young guys that we've spent a lot of time talking about in the background, whether it's now Malik Hartford. We were talking about Kai Stokes kind of the same way a year ago. There's going to be some opportunity, and games like Youngstown State and Western Kentucky are going to give us an opportunity to see some of those guys. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I feel like <laughs> I said this in the video. I feel like Andrew Gillis is driving the bus for Sonny Styles, but it's not at full throttle. And we're going to get into why that is when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. Back on Buckeye Talk, Stephen Means, Nathan Baird, Andrew Gillis. Andrew. Oh, boy. Today, the oh boy. talk was about Sonny Styles. Correct. And we, we did a video right after we got done with interviews where the headline of the video is, can Sonny Styles be the best player on the defense? And I won't spoil the way you were feeling on that video and the way the, the word will. you said. You guys can go check that out on Buckeye Talk's video page. Just literally type in YouTube.com and then search bar Buckeye Talk and you'll see our pretty faces. At least my pretty face. I don't know how they feel about their faces. Given what we heard about Sonny Styles, whether it was – Perry Eliano calling him a, a unicorn before trying to backtrack a little bit and not hype him up even more than that. What you've heard Jim Knowles also say, what are what are expectations? What are realistic expectations for Sonny Styles this year? Can he honestly be the best player on this defense if we get to the end of the when we get to the end of the season? Uh, I think it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen. And I know you Ooh. yelled at me or admonished me or whatever, however you want to phrase that for, uh, I not- booed you. Yeah. So I booed boot, you. Boot. All right, there we go. Boot- but here, so here's the thing. Here's what I would say. I still am driving the sunny styles bus. We are just dropping people off in a different location than, you would be if you were driving the Sunny Styles bus, it sounds like. Mm. It sounds like my my ending destination is different than your ending destination. Like when when we when we picked this guy, or when I excuse me, when I picked this guy, the reason that I picked him was because, and I think I said this on the podcast at the time, was this to me feels like a setup year for what is going to be an all-American. This guy's one of the better defensive players in college football 2024 season. Like this to me felt like, okay, this is his first year, you know, being in the starting lineup. He's going to play a lot. He's going to be involved a lot. He's going to be asked to do a different, a lot of different things. He's going to do everything. And I just, the thing with Sonny is that I do worry that he is, look, for his age, he's remarkably, I mean, he's like, the dude looked like he'd been in the program for a few years today, just kind of talking at the at the podium. He carries himself like he's been there. He certainly physically looks like he's been in the program for a little while. There's a lot to like. I just, I think one, it does a little bit of a, dis- of a disservice to just say that he will be the best player on the defense because JT2 Malowau exists. Like, how do we feel about Tommy Eichenberg? Do we think Mike Hall is going to take another step forward? Like, is Jack Sawyer going to be the guy that everybody thinks he can be? Like, there's a lot of different guys that you can point to and say, well, what about this guy? Well, what about this guy? Well, what about this guy? And that's a lot of expectations for Sonny Styles. Like, my expectations for Sonny Styles this year are that he's going to be an incredibly versatile player on the defense. I, I said this on the video. He's not going to be I – don't, I don't think he's going to end up at the end of the year if we do like an end-of-year end awards. I don't even know if we do that here. Uh, if we do like an end-of-year awards thing, I don't think he's going to be the best, 
but I think that there's going to be a really good case for most valuable or linchpin of the defense, however you want to phrase that. I think it's going to be one of those, he's going to be one of those guys where you can say, you know what, we got to give whatever award we're going to give to JT Tumaloa because he had 12 and a half sacks, or we're going to give this to Tommy Eikenberg because he had 138 tackles, whatever it's going to be. We got to give it to that. We got to give it to this guy because he was clearly the best player on the defense. However, this defense does not work without Sonny Styles. I think that that is kind of where I look at this year is that he is going to give them such a change of pace and such a unique Swiss army knife on the back end that it's going to be really, really hard to, to look at him as anything other than remarkably important for this defense. I just think that this year is almost like the eighth inning to what's going to be a truly special 2024 season, if that makes any sense. Boo. <laughs> Nathan, is it fair expectation? Not, I wouldn't say expectation. Is it fair to say that Sonny can get there, even if he doesn't get there this year? Yeah, I mean, I think Sonny expects to get there this year. I don't think he's waiting around. I, I From listening to him talk today, you know, Perry Alano, I thought, made a good point, was that, you know, last year he walks in here as this, you know, highly touted guy, a, a known name, and a, a grown man, excuse me, a grown man's body, as he put it. By the way, very distressing at move-in night when, you know, Sonny Sal's had walked into the building and he walked out and he walked out past me. And like sometimes mm-hmm. you catch guys, like you get the profile of like their back and their back is just like you can tell like, okay, that's like an athlete. That's like a, that's how it, that's how you, that's how it is. It's like, that's a, that's a, a velociraptor or whatever. Like those guys, like you're just built different. And you're like, but I bet it takes like a lot of like dedication and sacrifice. And then like 10 minutes later, he's walking back in with Chick-fil-A and you're like, yep. well, I've been trying that same approach for about 45 <laughs> years. And uh, your results may vary. I if guess. eating Chick-fil-A but, was a prerequisite for being like a stud athlete, I would be like Usain Bolt and Patrick Mahomes in one. <laughs> but, that, that, so, but the thing is, it's, it's the Chick-fil-A after getting a whole pizza to himself. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, but he clearly today is not talking. So as Perry Eliano said, um, but, but all those things were true last year, but he was 17 years old that it was, you know, he was here. He was a year ahead of what Andrew's talking about, which is he came here last year to be ready now. And that's what he thinks he is. He can start to sort of feel it the way he's talking, come into reality now. And he was, one example he brought up was it was a play in the spring game where he was supposed to like cut underneath a route and he the ball went in the air and he kind of hesitated ended up still making like a, a pass breakup and made a good play on the ball but replaying it he's like oh, if i had if i hadn't hesitated it's probably a pick six and that realization is important. The fact that he then now has gone and worked on his anticipation and his ability to read those things and make those plays is important. But I also think that now, I mean, he is setting the standard for himself that like, I have to make that play. You know, he was asked today, like, which position do you like the best? Because obviously there's still all this, you know, positional intrigue with him. And he's like, I just like making plays everywhere. (laughs) Like, I just want to be able to make a play all over the place. And, Again, uh, we have to be a little bit careful. Yes, we drive the bus and we're somewhat facetious about that. We're obviously trying to give, you know, sober analysis of the team and and not get 
too far out over our skis on guys. And some of that is trying to make analysis of what we see. Some of it is being realistic about where things are on the depth chart. But for him, it is all really lining up as far as the way people talk about him, the way that his skills may, it really seems like, match that position, and then the opportunity that's going to be in front of him. Because it just seems increasingly like that is his position. I, I remember going back to the spring, and Perioliano said the thing about because because we have to. There was some confusion, and we talked about it here on the pod. Us being very confused about it because they're saying well, we need to streamline Sunny Styles. We want to mm-hmm. streamline things for him. What was confusing about that was at the time he was the number two bandit behind Lathan yep. Ransom. So we're like, wait a second. You want him to focus on the bandit where he's stuck behind the guy who isn't going to move. And that led us to all these thoughts about, well, what does that mean? Lathan Ransom could end up an adjuster when they are just giving Josh Proctor this sort of chance to win adjuster, but he'll just eventually get bumped. And through the conversations that we then had, you know, over the summer and the things that we've seen this fall, it's kind of come into clarity that, you know, Perry Leano is still talking about streamlining him, but this is where they're streamlining him. Like they've tried him at different places. You probably, I guess it makes sense. Maybe you don't start him at the line of scrimmage. I don't know if that was part of their thought process to like start him farther back and then, and then work him up towards the line of scrimmage where there's more to do. I don't know. But it, this just seems like a, a great potential marriage between an athlete coming into his own uh, and a defense that needs what he could give them at that position in particular. I think a combination of him still being young and then it being the spring where you can move guys around a little bit more, but then also Jihad Carter getting hurt while he was still playing a nickel, so they right. didn't get a chance to try him as much at the adjuster spot, right. limited them. So, And, I, and I we had seen him, yeah, we had seen him be the big nickel, the big, yeah. whatever you want to call that, in in the champion, in the playoff. But that, I, in some ways that, we, we debated this too, like how much is that really telling us that he could be that on an every down basis? Because mm-hmm. there's such a specialized role, and you have to do so much more as the base nickel. And so I think it was just, it's all part of the process. Like not to sound like a coach, but like there really is a process that you have to sometimes has to unfold. You have to give everybody a look. You have to check certain things off, cross some things off and it leaves you what you have on September 2nd when the season opens. But it just, every it's what was maybe again, going back to what you asked me at the start, like trying to get to the essence of what guys are saying. And when you talk to Sonny Styles. I think he looks at this position in particular as just being the one that could be the most fun. Like the thing that yeah. will maybe be the most essence of him as a football player. Like the thing that the reason he loves football is what this nickel position might allow him to be this year. And I think that should be exciting for Ohio State fans because you see so many guys who get sort of pigeonholed into something and it's like, this is your opportunity to get on the field, whether it's what you want or not. I think he sounds really excited about what this job could be for him I do he wants to make plays and it seemed like the nickel last year had a chance to make a lot of plays Tanner McAllister he had a couple a few picks you know you're in the action in the run game a lot of times so you're just always in the mix and that's probably part of this he talks like a guy who's ready now whether he actually is or not we'll find out on September 2nd but he at least he, he looks the part and he's talking to talk you know, he brought up, he got asked about Jelani Thurman and 
it let me know that he's aware of how other people talk about him because he's his uh, this is paraphrasing a little bit but he said you guys talk about me like this but that guy is a specimen which is specimen recognizing specimen but he he understands the way people view him already and it feels like he he got asked what basically was reclassifying how's that paying off does he feel like it's worth it and yeah he he thought last year was preparing him for the position that he is in now so Yes, we get facetious with the drive the bus stuff, but he seems to be driving his own bus and he's driving it where I'm kind of driving it, not necessarily where Andrew's driving it. Just by the way he's talking and how he's looked and the reaction. I know Perry Eliano tried his best to, you know, not go all the way there with Sonny Styles, but you called him a unicorn on the record. And when you talk to guys, you know, off the record, behind, just in, in passing and having conversations, there is a real excitement and intrigue about what Sonny Styles might be able to bring to that nickel position. And so I get it. You can list off seven other people on the defense who probably can also be put up for that conversation of who's the best player on the defense. But the way they're talking about Sonny Styles, the way they might use him, I see no reason why he can't also be in that conversation, even if he's not fully the best version of what we've seen, what we're going to see from Sonny Styles. Kind of similar to Chase Young, 2018. Chase Young was awesome in 2018, but he wasn't the best player on that defense. He wasn't what Chase Young went on to be in 2019. Yeah, I mean, well, that was kind of my point. You know, I I think that, you know, especially like he might not be the best. I just, I I think it's certainly fair to put him in that conversation just because of the things, like you said, that they're going to ask him to do. Like you're, you're not, like you said, you're not going out and calling a player a unicorn for no reason. Like if, if a coach wanted to, you know, if a coach was really kind of trying to hide what was going on or, you know, didn't really feel, you know, a certain type of way about a kid, you know, ah, everybody's trying hard, everybody's doing this, everybody's doing that. You kind of get the cliche stock answer. You don't get that about a guy who's not like coaches don't just say that, you know what I'm saying? Like this is not something that coaches just come out and say. So, I mean, he's going to play, he's going to play a lot. I just think that um, putting, putting that expectation on him that early is probably a little too much. He's still going to be really good. And, and or like, at least I think he's going to be really good. And I think everybody else thinks he's going to be really good too. Um, I just think that right now, I, I, this is going to sound like I'm being skeptical. I want to see it. I want to see what it looks like. And I don't mean him playing and like, Hey, are we sure that he's no, I'm saying I want to see how they use him because Perry Eliano is not going to come out and say, hey, here's what we're doing. Jim Knowles isn't going to come out and say, hey, here's what we're doing for Indiana. Like, It's not like they're playing Youngstown State where they could play with nine defenders and beat them. Like, they're, they're, It's a Big Ten game you're opening up with. You're, you're going to beat Indiana, but you, you do want to save some stuff for week one. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what it looks like. I just think that I'm going to – I'm not going to go pedal to the metal with my with my bus stop on, on Sunny Styles just yet. I'll go there for you then. Oh, Sunny Styles fine. is going to be awesome. He's going to yeah, be awesome I'm not this year. He won't be. That's the thing. I'm not saying he won't be. I, just, I, think that, I think that expectations for him, like I think some people look at him and it's like, oh, this might be like an all-American player now. Like this might be like a player who mm. is truly elite now. Like I'm not saying that it's impossible. I just think that right now – like it's there are just a lot of other guys that are on this defense that are really good. 
There's a lot of things that you still have to learn as a player. You still have to do some physical maturing. There's just, there are certain roadblocks that I think are going to slow him down a little bit, but I still think he's going to be really good. And like this year, really good. That's fair. That should wrap up the safety talk. It's one of those positions at this point where I think the names are well known. We didn't we didn't get all the safeties. We only got four guys. We will be back in the Woody on Wednesday to talk with Ryan Day and potentially Gene Smith. Jerry threw that out there, which means we'll obviously have some conversations about Big Ten's new expansion. We'll get an update on the quarterbacks. And then we'll get into what Thursday morning's podcast will actually be about. And it's deciding which of the position groups are championship caliber heading into the season. That'll will grade quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive linemen, safeties, as we talked about today, cornerbacks, linebackers, and defensive line. So that'll be Thursday's pod. And then once again, on Friday, we'll be back out there at practice for the second practice that we are guaranteed to watch fully. So sign up for the text. Like I said, all of this information, what we talked about here on this pod, what we did in YouTube videos, what we see at practice on Friday, all of that goes through the texts for 614-350-3315. For Nathan Baird, for Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen Means, and that was Buckeye Talk.